On today's episode of Senior Quotes, Aiden and I talk about the hot stove going into winter meetings. We're also going to be talking about the upcoming bowl season, some NBA basketball, and some NFL football. We get into the playoffs and the wildcard picture. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to the return of Senior Quotes Live to WZBC Sports. Excuse me. Uh, I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined by my co-host, Jack Coleman. Jack, how you doing? Pretty good. Glad to be back. Uh, we had a pretty exciting couple weeks. So, first of all, we had a really good episode two weeks ago. Yeah, we returned from Thanksgiving break, and we were all excited to record one. And then, and we did it live, so we, we were in the booth for it. Yeah, so studio. if you tuned in... You got a really great episode. It was one of my favorites. I actually right. really, really enjoyed it. Um, but sadly, we had some technical issues. We couldn't upload it online. So that episode is now lost. Tragic. Very tragic. Yeah, I, cried, I cried multiple nights oh, over it. It was stressful, yeah. As you would know. But we bounced back the week after. We did the live coverage of the Providence-BC basketball game. I know a couple of our fans tuned into that. A lot of fun, a lot of great experience. We really enjoyed doing that, getting some live in-game coverage. We're going to get the broadcast from that. If you couldn't tune in, we'll be posting that somewhere online on our website or something soon when we get our hands on it. But in the meantime, we're back. More Senior Quotes. Brand new episode right now. We're ready to talk some sports. It's been a while since some of you guys have got some content, so I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, and so am I. So am I. Excuse me. I'm really tripping up, though. I'm getting so nervous. It's been so long, it feels like. But, yeah, I just really wanted to talk briefly about the awesome experience that was the commentary uh, of the Boston College basketball game. You know, we did that a lot at CBA last year. We did have some experience in the booth. But proving that to um, Daniel, who was an awesome play-by-play guy and just a mentor for us. Uh, he's a sophomore in uh, WZBC. Shout-out to him. And he was just so welcoming and got us – situated really well and we felt very comfortable in the booth and had a great game to commentate so it was a lot of fun and we were really looking forward to more opportunities next year uh for now though we're taking what we can get and that includes another episode of the show right here so we're gonna get into it um as jack prefaced for the intro we've got some mlb stuff to talk about uh but a lot of other topics too i I have two mlb quotes that i'm gonna end up touching on but I wanted to lead off with an NCAA football quote. Ooh. So let me get into this one. Um, just tell me who said it and, like, what he's talking about. He doesn't really directly refer to it, so it might be a little tougher. But I think you'll be able to get it still. While all of us wish our regular season in football had ended with more victories, we took important steps in the right direction this year, returning to the national rankings for the first time since 2008. Okay. Is the Wait, you said this was... College football? Mm Because national rankings. Okay. Uh, One more time. Let me hear one more time. While all of us wish our regular season in football had ended with more victories, we took important steps in the right direction this year, returning to the national rankings for the first time since 2008. Okay. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's about BC football. So be a little more specific. Uh, Steve Adazio is going to be my guess. Or Martin Jarman. Martin Jarman said Martin Jarman and 
it's it's Jeez. something kind of current because of Steve Adazio being extended on his contract. There you go. I yeah. will give you a full point that I kind of helped you through that. And sorry if anyone can hear Echo on the uh, podcast recording. Just wanted to link our uh, Snapchat uh, followers, I guess, to the show as well. Trying to get some people to tune in live. Yeah, I was actually trying to do that too, but <laughs> I forgot yeah. the last thing that I copied was my Christmas playlist. So uh-huh. I almost, for a select few of you, almost shout got out. some Christmas magic. Yeah, shout out Snapchat. the Christmas playlist. Okay, yeah. so... Anyway, let's talk a little bit about this decision, which uh, is a very controversial one, and I'm not totally sure I agree with it. I'll talk about how I feel first, and then definitely going to hand it to you as well. Um, Steve Adazio led us to another winning season. Um, We were ranked, as Martin Jarman said. And another thing he points out, I just didn't want to say because I thought it would be too obvious at this point, is that we also brought College Game Day to the campus. So all in all, it sounds like a very successful year, but... As uh, Andy Backstrom pointed out on Twitter, um, I believe Steve is 1-15 in against top 25 opponents, and he is just 500 uh, against ACC opponents as a whole. And those are not the most spectacular stats. I mean, he is a great recruiting coach, um, but in terms of game management, it's just not the same in my opinion. And, I mean... The, the benefit that I did see on Twitter as well that could potentially have been playing into effect here is that Steve Dazio's contract only was lasting until 2020, and this could be something used against him in the recruiting battles, saying that the coach might not be there long. You know, true freshmen right now are in the class of 2022, so what if you don't have the same coach for all four years? Now he's assured that, which isn't entirely true. He could still be fired, of course. But he at least is tenured until 2022, which could make recruits feel a little more comfortable coming in and having that same coach for all four years. So maybe that is a benefit for getting better recruits in the class. And again, we were ranked. So those are great things. But seeing him coach and call plays, is fr- it's frustrating to see his contract extended. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty upset about it. First of all, this was by far the year to do something special. We had the chance. Going into that Clemson game, we had the momentum. And I definitely think... That was the turning point in the season, whether or not we won that game. And it was sad it went down the way it did, but things happen. But I still think that maybe it's looking towards next season as still having A.J. Dillon, still having Anthony Brown. That's your core offense right there. And I don't necessarily know if Adazio, if if he has a worse season this than this year and doesn't make anything out of A.J. Dillon or Anthony Brown, a star talent returning yet again, and they can't have a better season, get a better bowl with a better record, then I say Adazio can still be fired. His job is very much not secure at this moment. And if anything, like you said, I think it could potentially get another year of stronger recruits out of it maybe. Mm -hmm. But besides it, I really don't like the move. I'm not a fan of Adazio's play calling. Horrible, horrible moments during some of these games, especially when we saw key players go down like A.J. Dillon. And we've talked about this here before. It's all about next man up. And by trying to channel the offense to work through a certain player in the same sense that uh, A.J. Dillon played or the same sense that Anthony Brown played when we put in, I don't even know his name, the core. Um, yeah. E.J. Perry. E.J. Perry yeah. in the Clemson game. It's just not going to work. Like If you're running with A.J. Dillon that entire game, it's not going to happen. Other coaches, other better coaches, smarter coaches in the ACC are going to be able to pick up on these little things and reap the benefits from it so i'm not a fan of of steve adazio i'm a i'm a fan of the character of steve adazio don't get me wrong guy's hilarious but in the long run he's not going to get us 
anywhere near the top 10 of the AP polls or or even, you know, playoff picture or anything like that. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, I know there were some different interesting coaches that moved around this uh, offseason. I know the bowl game still haven't happened yet, but it's really offseason of uh, college football already. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, I believe, is the name of the Texas Tech head coach who was fired. He would have been an interesting hire here, but instead he's going to USC to be the offensive coordinator. Um, the North Dakota State head coach is moving to Kansas State. That was something that's been linked for some time. And North Dakota State has been a very impressive team in the FCS. And while they have no interest, I read a lot about this recently, they have no interest in moving up to the FBS and competing in the Bulls. Um, but they're a team that FBS teams are always scared to uh, schedule against because they always go in and get beat by Carson Wentz's alma mater. So he was a coach who led a very cool program that doesn't uh, or always flies under the radar a little bit. And that would have been an interesting uh, character to come up here as well, but he was targeted by K-State. I just don't think there were enough good options on the market, though, for BC to look for another high. I was all in on the Jeff Fisher bandwagon. I want that's, Jeff Fisher to come to BC. That's a little different. Yeah. I don't care. Jeff Fisher is the man. He should not not have a job right now. <laughs> Jeff Fisher needs a job, whether it be the NFL, whether it be BC. I miss him. I miss him so much. Uh, He's I the mean, man. I guess. He's <laughs> the king of 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight seasons. Uh, but Sounds perfect for us, then. Yeah, so well, we're already kind of there, you know, so I don't know if it would be much of an improvement. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I'm feeling about BC football right now. I think we can leave it there, but uh, don't you have some college quotes? Yeah, I have, get into I have that? more college quotes, so we can get into that real quick. Uh, so this is coming out of today, actually, so breaking news. Not really news, but we'll get into it. I hope that you see the finest group of young men that's ever been through Shreveport. I hope you have the chance to have them hold the door open for you or say thank you for being here or be truly appreciative because, guys, I love this team. It's a it's a really tough, obscure one. Um, it, it's really just like it, it was in the news today, so if you had been keeping track of the news today, you may have seen it. I, but it's just kind of my intro quote to start talking about some bowl games. Uh, can you repeat it one more time? I hope that you see the finest group of young men that's ever been through Shrip Shreveport. I, Shreveport. I think it's Shreveport. I hope you have the chance to have them hold the door open for you or say thank you for being here or be truly appreciative because, guys, I love this team. Really, really obscure team. Yeah, this is, okay. It's tough, but I absolutely love this quote. Is this something we've ever talked about before? No. Shreveport, is that, that's got to be like the clo- location of the bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I have no clue where it is. Um, I'll give you a hint. We played this team this year. BC played this team this year. Oof. Okay. Um, and it's obscure. And I believe it was home. Ah. I think so. Okay. I think it was home, uh, yeah. <laughs> Early in the season. Early on at home. I don't know. It could be like... Uh, that's a bad guess. I'm going to say Louisville. No, so it's actually not an ACC team. Uh, I mean, I really am close. No, it, it's a really hard quote. Yeah. It's Ed Foley, the interim head coach for Temple. Oh, my gosh. I didn't watch this the video. absolutely electric speech today. Oh, my gosh. Ed Foley channeled his inner Matt Foley, like Chris Farley from SNL, <laughs> in absolutely amping up the crowd. And basically, so the story is Ed Foley had to step up and take over for the bowl because the previous head coach of Temple, I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, moved and is now the head coach of a different team. Okay. So now, Ed Foley, this is the second time this has happened where he gets to be the head coach of a bowl game having to step up where he was the interim head coach. 
and he is amped. He has his team amped. They're playing Duke in the in the bowl in Shreveport. I, I don't know what the actual bowl is called. If it's called the Shreveport Bowl, I don't even know. I'll find out, but yeah. But regardless, it was awesome. Ed Foley, officially huge football guy. Yeah, clearly. And it got me amped for bowl season because this is what it's all about with bowls. Because everyone gets focused on the four playoff teams and what that all means. But sometimes... It's all about the publicity around the Bulls and getting young, young talent out there to have their names heard on a national level. Like, when else are you going to hear Temple guys talked about in, in such a huge manner? You're not. And, and even though some Bulls mean more than others and, and have the higher name and are based on higher rankings, it doesn't matter. If you get to a bowl, it should be a cool event, and Ed Foley makes it sound like it's awesome to these guys. Yeah, okay, so I can answer a few questions. Uh, he's filling in for Jeff Collins, mm-hmm. who is the former head coach who's now heading to Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech. Um, and he's talking about the Independence Bowl that's being hosted in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, yeah, so I actually remember getting this alert and being like, oh, that's cool, but I don't care about Temple football and didn't watch it. Uh Sounds like I need to though because I, it sounds like it was a very motivating, it's uh, so awesome, inspiring. It was awesome. It really. I think the thing it reminded me of was who was it on the Eagles during the parade? Um, uh, I literally can picture him, Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, yeah. All like that electric speech where like he was all dressed up. I mean, not that Ed Foley was dressed up, but it's just like just getting another one amped. that I don't think I've listened to. Like, was, like I've oh, seen, no, it's awesome. Like, I've seen pictures from it. I just. I think I was just couldn't cope with the fact that the Eagles had finally won a Super Bowl, so I was just like, I can't watch this. But, so, yeah. I mean, like, my main reason for bringing this up is because it is officially bowl season, it's going to be, and I really, we could maybe do some bowl predictions. Let's, um, some at least call it football. bowl predictions? Bowl, bowl predictions, I like it. Um, bowl, bowl predictions, Wait. <laughs> the bas- As in the basketball <laughs> yeah, player who yeah. has no relation to uh, We've talked college. about bowl, bowl before. I'm a big bull bull guy. Uh, anyway, bold bull predictions. Um, let's talk at least about the college football playoffs, yeah. and then maybe NBC is going to do work our way down. Yeah. So Oklahoma plays Alabama, and then Clemson plays Notre Dame. Who do you have in those first two games? All right. So Alabama is not losing in the first round of the of the playoffs. Alabama. I love Kyler Murray though. Big Kyler. Murray. Kyler Murray's awesome. I will say that. And I think if there was someone who could stun Bama, it would be Kyler Murray. It's basically going to be a QB showdown. Who's the real Heisman here? Because Tua lost, and it was very close race. So that's that's what's going to be the main talk going into this game. That is the matchup set. It's two quarterback gods of college football right now. And I just can't see Bama losing. But if it is, if, if Bama is going to lose... It, it would be at the hand of Kyler Murray. My other bold mm. prediction is whoever wins that game wins the national championship. Okay. All right. And then who are you taking? Clemson Notre Dame? Sorry. So this one is tough for me. Yeah. Because I think, personally, having seen Clemson here at Boston College, I thought we played them very well. And uh, Trevor Lawrence was pretty sloppy that game, too, I thought. So I'm not necessarily sold on Clemson. But at the same time, I really don't think Notre Dame is anything special this year. Nope. I think I think they had some tough games in there. Uh, who was it? Michigan to start the year off. But then again, we saw Michigan lose. Who else did Notre Dame have that was good? They another team that was like yeah, fairly... I'm blanking as well. But I know, yeah, they've had a sort of tough schedule. But the whole point of them not playing in the conference just kind of ticks me off. So uh, yeah, so this is my main reasoning as to why Bama or Oklahoma is going to win the national championship. So I'm I. Do think I'm I'm not fully sold on Clemson. I do like Clemson's 
uh, line a lot, like their defensive line. But I think I'm going to go with Notre Dame in that game. All right, that's interesting. I know Dan, our roommate, is also very um, confident in Notre Dame as well. In fact, he wanted to bet just straight up that they would beat Clemson, like no line at all. Uh, I'm on the other side there where I am sold on Clemson, and I think that they're definitely going to go to the national championship. Uh, I'm a big Kyler Murray guy, like I said, but Oklahoma plays in the uh, Big 12 where there's no such thing as defense, and when they're going up against Alabama, who has a great defense as well as an electric offense, I think they'll definitely show them up. Uh, However, the whole Tua-Jalen Hurts thing will be interesting to see. Tua's got to start, but at the same time, Jalen Hurts is the one that led them to that victory against Georgia. So So what happens if Tua's having a phenomenal game and goes down? And goes down. Jalen Hurts gets to win this one. Well, yeah, and then just full circle. Yeah, well, it already feel like it has gone full circle, but they got to win another national championship to do so. Um, My hot take is going to be Clemson wins it all. Um, And I I, I think Bama still is the best team in the nation, but they looked a little sloppy against Georgia. And I do think Clemson's a legitimate contender and the most legitimate of these other three. Though I'm cheering for Oklahoma all the way. So what's the, the weird thing that always comes up where it's like, when Saban wins, the is it the Pats win or I lose? It's the Pats. I think the Pats lose every time Saban wins. And Saban won last year. Pats lost in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. So, the way the Pats look this year. Okay. And we're basically kind of saying that if, if Bama beats Oklahoma, I think they win. So let's say Bama beats Oklahoma and they're in the national championship, and Bama wins. Are we sold that the Pats lose this year? Yeah. Is this the year the Pats lose too? Yeah, no, it, it's just going to keep happening, I think. And I think, I, and I, I don't even think the Pats are the strongest contender this year, so it, I think yeah. it is a fair point that we may be destined for a Bama championship because the Pats won't win this year. I think we might be. Yeah, I agree with you there. We'll have to see. I mean, who knows? So let's talk BC real quick. So BC football in their bowl. They play Boise State. Boise State. What are we thinking? Um, I need A.J. Dillon to be fully healthy, which I'm not still not sure if he is. Um and that's a big if. Like, I love Travis Levy. Um, however, I just don't think... Like, I love him as a backup. And he came in and really replaced Dylan well. I forget what game it was that we... I, Florida State, when we blew it, I feel like Travis Levy had a good game in it, though. I can't remember for sure, but I know that Levy impressed me. No, I know Levy impressed me the game a game they won. Yeah. I remember that. Um, maybe Virginia Tech? I think it was yeah, Virginia Tech. Yeah, it was Virginia Tech, okay. yep. Yeah. So he, he's good as a backup, but I need an A.J. Dillon because, like you were saying, Adazio has built this team around A.J. Dillon, um, for, for better or for worse. I mean, he's the best player on the team. And then I just need to see this defense hold strong because I know that they can, but they've also been blown out by teams like Syracuse, who are, who are legitimate teams, and Boise State's legitimate as well. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I just don't know which side I'm taking here. Like, I'd love to say, yeah, BC's going to win it, but... This is another strong team, even though they're only ranked in the low 20s. So everyone on BC plays in this game, right? Because I know sometimes with college players, they'll like skip the bowl oh, to get sure. ready for the draft. Yeah, And we no. definitely have some draft prospects with like Zach Allen, Zach Allen, Lucas Dennis. Yeah, uh, but I don't think we should expect anyone to skip it. Exactly. Uh, especially since we've lost a few games in a row, and that's not how these guys are going to want to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're no, none of them are Nick Bosa and, you know, have a much brighter career in the NFL. Yeah. You know, there are guys who might even be first-round picks, but that's a little different from well, that, being the That's what I'm saying. One. I think that in this bowl game, Zach Allen is going to have a day. I okay. think he's absolutely going to be the key player of the game. 
I, I can't disagree And with lead that. the BC defense. Because I think the offense will follow suit. But I really think it's going to come down to the defense, and I think Zach Allen is going to lead that charge. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I won't refute that. I We've seen how great Zach Allen can be. He's the other number two on the team. Uh, usually A.J. Dillon's the one that obviously gets all the props, but Zach Allen leads that defense, like you said. So we'll see. I, I love Cheevers and Dennis, uh, who you mentioned in the secondary. Uh, we really do have a legitimate defense that is not often talked about, uh, but it'll also fall on uh, the shoulders of Anthony Brown. Can he turn it around and show us, you know, a solid game to end the season? Uh, I don't know what the answer is there. I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say Anthony Brown does that. I'm going to say that AJ and Anthony Brown want to show a sneak preview of just what will happen next year because it is officially one more year, most likely, for both of them. But to, oh well, Anthony Brown will probably no. see another. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Brown, Brown is not going anywhere. <laughs> but, but likewise, it's like officially like next year it could potentially be the last year of the pair. So sure. I think that they want to give a sneak preview and really get everyone in on the action. Yeah, I mean, let's just hope for the best, and it would be awesome to end the season on a bright note, uh, on a high note. Uh, for Steve Adazio's campaign. So hopefully that does happen. I I, I didn't make a prediction. Uh, and I really want to say Boise State <laughs> because, like, I, I'm, I'm hesitant because I don't want to be that kind of guy and that kind of fan, but I think I am going to say Boise State's just the more complete team here. Uh, but, obviously, I'll be rooting for BC and for Anthony Brown to turn around, and we'll be cheering from home, you know, because that'll be, obviously, it's in Texas. It's over winter break, and we'll all be uh, watching from home and sit on the couch and cheering the team on. So we'll see, but uh, eh, I don't know. I'm going to move on to our baseball quotes. My first one of the day. It's the hot stove. It's the hot stove. <laughs> I'm so excited. I I was just saying winter meetings is like my ideal situation. If I could have, could be any job and be anywhere, I'd want to be a general manager at the winter meetings. You're just bulling with 29 other general managers, talking trades, and just chilling out for four days in Las Vegas. It's sick. I think I'm a bigger fan of the people that had to get Eagles fans off the polls. I think that's the ideal sports job. I, uh, what, I, what else could you want? I, I guess. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, that's kind of a hot take for the hot stove. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to the hot stove and talk about the MLB a little bit. Um, just tell me who said this and who it's referring to. Uh, at no point all winter have I said I'm looking for an outfielder. The blank stuff, I am surprised you're still asking. Blank is a name. Um... I don't really know. I haven't even been, like, keeping up with everything save for random Yankees, uh, like, quotes coming out. So I'm going to say it's someone on the Yankees. I don't even know. I'm just going to say... All right, first let me think of who it's about. I'm just going to say... I'm going to say Machado. Hmm. Interesting. And who's saying it? Um, I'm going to say Cashman. Yeah, so it is Cashman. Okay. It's not Machado, though. Machado is a shortstop slash third baseman. We're talking oh, about... Yeah, you said outfield. The biggest outfielder on the market. I'm not going to give you a point, but... Why am, I half why am I drawing a blank? I can't think right now. I can't the think of who we're talking about. Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. My bad. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll give you a half point there for getting Cashman. Um... But yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. Let me let me update the listeners and maybe you as well, Jack, about 
what's going on today uh, in the uh, baseball world. Andrew McCutcheon, former Yankee for a little bit, signed a three-year, $50 million deal with the Phillies. Now, this is giving other teams hope that Harper may not be going to the Phillies because McCutcheon's taking that spot. Uh, they already have Odubel Herrera in the outfield, as long as along with Reese Hoskins in left. So maybe McCutcheon's going to learn how to play right field for this coming season. Now, White Sox fans, such as Dan, are very excited. They think that they've got the money and now the biggest hole to fill for Harper. Um, while Yankee fans would be excited, but uh, Cashman said, at no point all winter have I said I'm looking for an outfielder because we have like five or six. At the same time, though, Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury are not blocking Harper. They're just taking up a lot of money on the salary or on the expenses, yeah. And, and for me, I feel like a lot of hot stove stuff is all smoke and mirrors. I feel like oh, yeah. statements are just issued and nothing is really substantial until everything is done. So I really don't necessarily know how much Cashman is putting out there and how much of it is true. I still say we're in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes, sweepstakes and I'm not giving up yet. I think it could be... You know, a great landing spot. I think Bryce Harper would be awesome to have in the city with us. Of course. But at the same time, I I do remember I talked with our roommate Dan about this as a White Sox fan. And he basically said that they can promise Bryce Harper a very, very strong future and he him to be that guy for the White Sox, White Sox in the upcoming years. And then it just falls on the argument is whether or not Bryce Harper basically heading into his prime right now if he wants to be that guy and wait and develop and have everything develop around him or if he's ready to win right now and it is always look at kevin durant compelling to win right now of course yeah and um, the yankees are that team the yankees within the next two three years not even next two years if we're not in the world series it's a disappointment yeah no and it always is really disappointing. even this year honestly yeah is a disappointment a hundred percent um because yankee fans are very demanding but rightfully so i mean with one of the highest payrolls usually every city. season though to be fair we are under the luxury tax um and cashman may also be motivated to stay under it mm -hmm. uh it's hitting the red sox and dodgers pretty hard this year um yeah, the, a 100-win team that adds James Paxton to the rotation and could be looking to add another pitcher, um, which we might get to later. Uh, I mean, Harper coming in, which honestly I don't think is a need, and that's why they thought maybe we try him out at first base, maybe we find a place for him to play in the outfield. Uh, it is really a logjam, but had we had him, that offense would be insane, uh, so dangerous. And similarly, Manny Machado, who, we, who you guessed here, uh, would really fill the hole that Didi left uh, since he's injured to start 2019 at shortstop. I'm I'm so confident in Machado being on the Yankees. It makes sense. Like I think that is without a doubt going to happen. Yeah, I mean, but it's just the few hangups right now are that the Yankees don't want to give him 300 million. Uh, they don't want him for 10 whole years, and his weird antics throughout the playoffs this year, where he just really looked like a unsportsmanlike player um very disrespectful uh is that someone you want on the yankees i mean we've had characters before but i don't know that's another tough one well so. i think the yankees have a very very strong culture right now between guys like judge who's always a class act and we now have stanton who again is still a very very classy guy so i think throwing him in there with those power hitters is a great move i really do think he's going to wind up with us and the luxury tax, I really don't think is that big a deal. I, I mean, look at the Red Sox. Like, yes, 
they're over it, but they did win a World Series this year. Right. And I think the Yankees, without a doubt, would be able to do that with a guy like Machado or Harper or whoever we can get our hands on. So I do think Machado is going to come. I also think it fulfills that narrative of him losing to the Red Sox, comes to the Yankees, biggest rivalry. And because of all the antics, I think he is that type of guy who's fueled by stuff like that. So I think the Yankees are a no-brainer for Machado, and it helps the DD situation to start out the year. I'm a lock on Machado. Not positive on Bryce Harper, especially with some of the stuff that we've been saying Cashman has been throwing out there. But Machado, I do believe, is going to be a Yankee. Yeah, and to be fair, um, someone brought up that Cashman said on December 23rd, 2008, I believe, uh, that we are not interested in Mark Teixeira. Well, guess what day the Mark Teixeira signed with the Yankees? December 23rd, 2008. You know, he just holds his cards close to his chest. He doesn't want people to know what he's planning or who he's talking to. He did reveal he is talking to Machado. So he is admitting that, which means pretty clearly we're trying to go after him. It's just that they don't want to match the high price tag that's set on such a great player. And that's fine, though, because if we're saying on here that we think Machado is a no-brainer and it's going to happen, then, like, yeah, like, you can afford to say, especially with seeing, like, everyone else in the league, all the other GMs can see that Didi is obviously not starting the season. So Machado definitely fills that spot. So it's a no-brainer, and he can afford to show his cards on that slightly, uh, you know, but he's not absolutely going all in on on dealing everything all out yet yeah uh one more thing revealed during the show uh i don't know if this is breaking news or not really but cashman has revealed that he has a burner twitter account that's cool uh and that he follows a uh, yankee beat writer okay but that's all he's revealed so people are hunting down okay his burner account just by looking through who is uh, hmm. this guy's follower. So, so is how, it like crying Brashman or something? Maybe. <laughs> uh, let's set an over-under. How long do you think uh, until Brian Cashman's burner account revealed? I'm going to say within the next hour. Yeah, honestly. People work fast with this. I might even stuff. go under on that. Yeah, it, yeah honestly, I mean, it, it might be under. They are, they are probably going crazy. Yankee fans especially who just so want to hear some kind of news. We're saying this at 7.45. So mo- I'm gonna say 8:30. By 8:30, we know. Um, do I do I think we're crazy enough to go under? I'll say why not. I'll say even even earlier. It should happen. Yeah. I mean, at least he's admitting it. Admitting it is the yeah. first step. Yeah. Kevin Durant couldn't admit it for the longest time. So good for you. Good I for wonder, you, Brian. I wonder we're if here Cashman, for you. Does he trash talk players that don't sign with him? What does he do on it? I don't know. Unless he's just like maybe he just talks about other stuff. You know, maybe like, he just has some family member that's in a beat writer for the Yankees and he's just like fueling his I don't know because then that wouldn't even yeah yeah, like he could do that on his main account if he has a main account uh I guess that's some breaking news that could even happen before we get off the air yeah all right so um you got a half point there so you have one and a half I don't have a single point yet so this one's actually big for the uh turn of the show I I had some tough ones today yeah and I I um, let's see, let's see. Yeah, so this, I'm just going to bring it back to football real quick. We'll talk some NFL real quick. So, I'm, I'm actually going to give you, I think this is t- kind of tough. If you can't get the first one, you can ask for the second quote. That's another part of it. Interesting. By the player that the first one is about. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Wait, sorry, who, what sport is this? NFL. NFL, NFL. So it's quoteception, potentially. All right, great. All right. If it wouldn't have worked, you all would be ripping me right now. So it's oh it's from this weekend. Thinking no. of a specific play. Oh, oh my gosh! I mean, the one play that 
Well, there's a few, actually. Oh, man, there are a few plays that took everyone by storm. There's Derrick Henry's huge 99-yard run Thursday night. But the play I'm really thinking... No, I don't know, because the Dolphins game winner uh, with all the laterals. I think I'm going to ask for the quoteception. Let's okay, quoteception. Yeah. So this is who that play is about. Okay. He tried it with me earlier in the season and got flack for it. Dude, I don't think this is... Oh, my gosh, I have no idea. And I don't know... I forget who even scored the Dolphins one. Um, I could even. I wow. I'm just gonna say like Kenyon Drake and Tannehill or something. So Who's not the Dolphins? I have no idea. And it's not Derrick Henry. No, because that couldn't be. He, that was just a crazy, like awesome play. It was Coach Matt Nagy. I, he's crazy. I, I thought it would of be. Santa Slay. The play to Bradley Soul, Soul, I believe. Oh, when the yeah, Soul the right tackle. Yep, right tackle caught the touchdown. I watched that. Went live. up and grabbed it. Yep, awesome play. But really, I just want that. That was my intro to talking about the Bears and what a big week they have ahead of them. Let's yeah. And I really want to discuss the Bears sure. because they they're kind of a surprise. Like yes, Khalil Mack on the defense that was a big big up for them, and it's clearly helped them out in a big way. But the Bears don't necessarily have a fantastic offense. You know, it's it's players that, yes, we've heard of. It's players that, like, yes, we will, you know, have a, on our back pocket for fantasy. Oh, Tariq Cohen, by the way. Shout it, out to you. Exactly. But we're watching a Bears team that's <coughs> very, very exciting. It's very young and could potentially be a major, major playoff team. So, this weekend, they play the rival Packers. Huge matchup. The Bears are home. Was it uh, Soldier Field, right? Yes, it is. Soldier Field. And that place is going to be absolutely bumping. And it is going to be, I think that's going to be the game of the week. Uh, And I agree with you. I mean, the Packers have struggled as of late, and they're not going to make the playoffs at this pace. Uh, They fired Mike McCarthy. Mm. I just feel really bad for Aaron Rodgers on the whole. (laughs) Um... Let's talk about the other side of the Bears, though, where they lost to our own New York Giants two weeks ago by a pretty commanding... No, am I getting mixed up with the Redskins game? Yeah, it wasn't a commanding... No, Redskins game was... Uh, yeah, because I was, I was trash-talking Dan a little bit, and I guess I messed that one up. But they still beat the Bears. Uh, and you can't really talk about <laughs> being a dominant playoff team and arguing why you're not higher in the power rankings and then get beat out by the New York Giants, who we thought weren't competing. And they aren't. But I also noticed, I don't think the Giants are mathematically out. I thought they were, because they can only go 8-8. Eight and eight. But it sounds like that second wildcard spot in the NFC could go to an 8-8 eight and eight team. Well, yeah, because... So let's not get our hopes up. So ba- you know. basically, so real quick, every other NFC East team besides the Giants is still in the running for the playoffs. Even the Redskins somehow. So even the Redskins. So who do the Giants have next? Um... I should know this. I think... Well, I'll check real quick. We have three games left, and they are the Titans. Okay. So, it's speaking of Derrick so, Henry. So, that can go either way. Derrick Henry should have another big game if he continues on this war Or path, he goes though. quiet again. I mean... Could but be. the Giants aren't great at stopping the run game, so... Good point. I could see Derrick Henry having a big game, so... Uh, so that prediction game, of the week, Derrick Henry, big game. All right. Then we go to Indianapolis to play the Colts. That, again, very winnable. Colts have been here and there all season. Nothing truly that special. So, again, another potentially winnable game. And then we're home against the Cowboys. And then home against the Cowboys, and that's where it could all come down on the line because that is that NFC East matchup. So, 
Giants not out of the playoffs. Yeah, officially. Wait, so we could win the division, I think. Because the Cowboys lose their next two, we win our next two, and then we beat the Cowboys, we tie with them. So I forget how that tiebreaker would be because we'd be one and one. Uh, and then if the Eagles and Redskins both lose out or even just win one of their next three, they also finish behind us. All right. Uh, so the so, division is still open. Yeah, really, really cool. At yeah, the same time. Yeah, don't get our hopes up. Yeah, it's possible. At the, at the same time, <laughs> I'm talking about these Bears. Yeah, sorry, the Bears, the Bears. The Bears right. are very, very cool. I really didn't know what I thought about Mitch Trubisky. We saw Chase Daniel try to play against the Giants. Yeah, that's also why we won. That was kind of why the Giants won, so thank you, Chase Daniel. We'll take that that W. Oh, for sure. But otherwise, Mitch Trubisky is kind of what, not necessarily what you expected, because he is playing better than I expected, but it's not like he's elite. But like I've been saying recently, I don't think you need to be an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. We saw that with Nick Foles last year. Nick Foles is not necessarily elite. I mean... Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Nick Foles is not an elite quarterback. Um, Joe Flacco, people don't yep. give him that label. Uh, I mean, Eli Manning, I give that label or back then, but some people don't agree. Uh, so, yeah, I guess so. And the Bears are carried by their amazing defense, led by Khalil Mack and uh, Eddie Jackson, I want to say, yeah. who's had so many defensive touchdowns the last few years. Um, they are an electric defense, like you said. The offense, I love Tariq Cohen. Jordan Howard's still a beast. Uh, Allen Robinson's been playing really well. Uh, the list goes on and on. They do have weapons, but at the same time, Trubisky, who went to UNC, and I, I, I'm a fan of his. Like I really always kind of went against doubters who said, oh, he only played a single season. We haven't seen enough of him uh, from college. He's looked great in his second year, uh, and he has had some mistakes. He had four picks against the Rams. Uh, at the same time, he's had some insane games. It just depends which Trubisky you get down the road in the playoffs. And obviously, as a young quarterback, it could easily be the one who gets nervous and throws multiple interceptions, yeah. like he did against an actual playoff team. I mean, granted, we are seeing Patrick Mahomes' second year. Well, he's something else. And the, Patrick the Mahomes is a special talent. It's amazing. Oh my Patrick gosh. Mahomes is, I think, currently has the best field awareness in the NFL as a quarterback. I don't disagree. I mean, oh, there's Brady, there's Rodgers, there's some other stuff. Even so, this year alone. Oh, my gosh. If we're talking straight up right now, this point in time in the league, I'm saying Patrick Mahomes. And we are diehard Patrick Mahomes guys on this show. But that's besides the point. Mitch Trubisky, in his second year, not necessarily playing to a Mahomes caliber, but he is having a pretty substantial year. And the pa- uh, excuse me, the Bears are potentially on their way to the playoffs. And it can all be spoiled by Aaron Rodgers, I think that is an Aaron Rodgers thing that can happen. Of course. Where he would spoil the Bears' chances in typical Packers fashion. And I think I'm going to go with that. I think I'm going to say that the Packers spoil the Bears' night away. I think Aaron Rodgers does his thing. That's what happened at the start of the year, remember. So the Bears were up exactly. in Cleo Mack's uh, debut, and then Rodgers just came back and broke yep. Dan's heart, everyone else's hearts. Uh, and I say it's going to happen again. But at the same time, I'm wrong sometimes. And I think the Bears also could have a very, very good chance of winning this. If this was the season to take down Aaron Rodgers, or if there ever was a season to take yeah. down Aaron Rodgers, it's this one because he is not playing up to you know, his usual stuff. So... Really exciting game. I'm very excited for that matchup. That's my game of the week. That's the one I'm tuning into. 
Yeah, no, uh, the game I'll be tuning into is my fantasy matchup because I just want to give my, my own team a shout-out right now. We went 11-2 and in the regular season. Uh, we beat Daniel by a handful la- uh, last week. Now I'm playing against my friend Corey, and uh, uh, I'm projected to lose right now because I need to pick up a defense. Uh, Jordan Reed's not supposed to play. Uh, but, you know, I've been really proud of my season. I think I'm setting you up for a little rant of your own about yours. But, yeah, I, I, I've had a great fantasy year, and Tariq Cohen's on that squad. Patrick Mahomes is on that squad. Shout-out Christian McCaffrey for being the man. Amari Cooper for scoring 50 points for me. The list goes on. You know, I've had a good year, despite Le'Veon Bell not coming back to play. Uh, so I'm in the midst of my own fantasy playoff drama. This is a different league. Uh, this is my most important league. I'm in the playoffs. Had a rough first round. I was down. I'm the number two seed overall, 10-3. and three. Not bad at all this year after a rough, rough first season in this league. But take down the opposing team. They had nine, They put up 97 on me. I went into Monday Night Football with 91 points, and I was definitely afraid because Tyler Lockett and Adam Thielen were doing absolutely nothing to start the game in one of the most boring games I've watched this year. But they came through. I won 117. I'm all right, moving on to the next round. But my problem is, and some of you may also be experiencing this, is I lost Kareem Hunt. We didn't really have a chance to talk about Kareem Hunt on here. Really, really, really sad, disappointing situation. You hate to see it happen. Um, It already kind of feels like it's blown over, and that's sad that this still goes on in the NFL where there really is no, you know, major condemning of such a thing. And, and we go on and on with similar situations. We saw it with Ray Rice. Yes, he doesn't play anymore. Kareem Hunt probably won't play again. Very sad. He was a great talent, especially this year on that young offense. So I'm without him. And I'm running with Philip Lindsay and Tevin Coleman, which is rough. Now, keep in mind, I have Le'Veon Bell. He hasn't played for me this year. I'm down Kareem Hunt. And... I had Derrick Henry, <laughs> dropped Derrick Henry well, yeah. to the waivers, Who would and now I'm in the fight to try and pick him up this week as another backup. So, <laughs> yeah. so this is my this is my league, and, th- and this is my team, and the dilemma where every given week I don't know if I'm going to win or not. With Kareem Hunt, it was a shoe in that I would had an extra 20 points at the ready, but I don't know. It, it's really scary stuff. So we're yeah. going to have to see this week. It's up in the air. Yeah, no, I uh, love fantasy football. We always talk about it a little bit. just want to give that uh, a quick shout-out. So we're getting a little close to 8 o'clock, but we did start a little late, so we're going to go a little late. So don't worry. Uh, we do have two more quotes to get to, one each. Um, and I will get to my next one. Let's uh, let's talk about the MLB one more time. So I think you've won at this point, though, because I, I have I another kind of hard quote. Yeah, I was going to say, I might get swept here, uh, which I'm not too disappointed about. These are some tough ones, but we'll see. Uh, meanwhile, I think you should get this one as well. Um, you're not going to know the name of the person who said it, okay. so maybe the team he uh, represents, and then who it's about. Okay. I think a lot of teams are talking to the Marlins. I would anticipate Blank's market picking up while we're down here. Um, this is a tough one because... Yeah, um, so... But if you've heard the Marlins recently... I have, and I know that it's... Oh, but this might be tricky, though, because... I know. It's talking about the Marlins. Yeah, I know, and I can't think of the player's name. Okay. But it's one of the... That's, like, the big three trade, right? The three-team trade between the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Right. So, I, I mean, I... Uh, so, I know Mets is Syndergaard. I know Yankees... I know we had talked about Andujar potentially giving him up. I don't know if that would be 
the one in our situation. And then the Marlins, I'm drawing a blank. This, uh, <laughs> start with an M? No. <sighs> Can you tell me at least? Or an O. Start with an o. No. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on it. All right. Uh, I kind of want to just be generous again and give you a half point because you said the Mets first before the Yankees. So it was uh, the GM, and I have to say his name, Brody Van Wagenen, I believe, or Wagenen. It's the sickest name Wagenen. I've ever seen. Wa- Wagenen. It could be one of those like W's that's yeah. pronounced like a V. But Brody is his first name, which is sick. I'm a big fan of that. Big <laughs> fan of Brody. Big Brody guy. Uh, so he said this, and he's talking about trading for the Marlins catcher. One, he was an all-star I, yeah, this year. I, I'm drawing a blank on it. JT Realmuto. Okay. So maybe not a big name, but he... Is See, that's where I think I got M and O from. Maybe. Like Remu- yeah. Remuto or whatever. Remuto, yeah. So, he's, like, that's where I think I was... He's um, argued to be more valuable and better than even Gary Sanchez, which, I mean, could be true after a horrendous year for Sanchez, but as a Yankee fan, I kind of disagree. Anyway, though, all-star, very valuable, but there are a lot of catchers on the market. Um, this whole Syndergaard trade, well, Rio Mudo, really. And somehow the Marlins, Jeter, we think might just be colluding, co- colluding with? I'm fine with it. Jeter's the man. Jeter's yeah. helping us out. So fine by me. But it's weird. It's like he really wants the Yankees to be the third team involved. He wants a lot, I think, for Rio Mudo. And he thinks the Yankees have a lot more in their farm, which I agree with. Yeah. But then the Mets are t- having... The tough time stru- or stomaching sending Syndergaard across town. Um, it's just a, it's weird. Like, is Jeter trying to help the Yankees out again? People on Twitter are obviously talking about that. I don't think that's necessarily true. There is a lot of benefits to getting the Yankees involved for the Marlins. The Mets, on the other hand, would be opening up a huge hole by moving Thor to fill another hole, which is their biggest one by far, a catcher. There are a lot of catchers on the uh, open market for free agency, yeah. so... Um, I, I would absolutely love getting Syndergaard. Yeah. Thor in New York, that's going to be awesome. I hope it happens. I I kind of think it could happen. I'd immediately buy a jersey, by the way. Like, oh, it'd be awesome. It'd I'm be so huge cool. Thor Actually, guy. fun fact, saw him at the Giants-Seahawks game last year. Cool. So I've seen him in person. He's a beast. He's a big guy. Really yeah. want him. Huge dude. Huge baseball dude. Huge yeah, football yeah. dude as well. Yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> would love to have him on the Yankees. That'd be so cool. In terms of my Jeter colluding thing, so basically, my take is it's not necessarily collusion. Okay. Uh, This sounds like politics right now, but not necessarily collusion. Jeter is innocent, but I think that as a young GM managing a team, like like trying to get his his pieces together, Mm -hmm. basically he he's a Yankees legend. He still has connections there. And it's where he's he was you know became the legend that he is. I think he's utilizing those connections to develop his young Marlins team, and once it turns around, he'll be you know known as having done a good job, and then can really start networking among other teams. But now the Yankees are his safe bet and the team he knows the most about and probably knows the most about their farm yeah. system. Yeah. So it's a good way to pump up his own team with. You know, stuff stuff that he's actually players he's actually sure about. So once he gets that set, and his team really does develop, then I think that he can really expand. But it, I think it actually is a smart move by Jeter um, as a business decision. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. Uh, it's a really good observation that he might just be more familiar with guys uh, in the Yankees org. At the same time, though, of course, people are like, "Oh, he's colluding," 
why is he trying to help the Yankees so much after that Stanton deal, which just seemed like it was so cheap. Uh, but clearly, you know, the Yankees are way down by a lot of money now. So was it, I think Jeter accomplished what he wanted to do. The issue with Jeter now is that he traded away our man Christian Yelich, who uh, is the NL MVP. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about him a lot before on the show. Uh, but at the same time, it was a fire sale, so you can't really look at him <laughs> for doing anything wrong there. Now, the whole question is, what is he trying to get out of trading Real Muto? Because he would be bringing Syndergaard to the Yankees, which is not obviously not his own goal. And then people would say, oh, he wants prospects on the Yankees. But he said he might want a young MLB, uh, MLB-ready player. Enter Miguel Andujar. I mean, yeah. I like Andujar a lot, but he doesn't have the glove at third base. And if we do want Machado, who can play third base or shortstop while Didi's out, yep. we can move Gleyber Torres over to shortstop if we want. And once Didi comes, comes back, back. Exactly. I'm perfectly fine with it. And I think I think this is a move that is also going to go through. I really do believe that it's, this could happen. It's like getting hung up now because apparently the owner of the Mets, I think it's the Will Bonds or Will Ponds, um, and then just Mets fans in general as well are saying, like, I couldn't stomach seeing Thor on the Yankees. But I just think that's stupid. You yeah. should, there should not be any consideration of this crosstown rivalry. It's teams in different leagues altogether. I feel like, and I feel like baseball is, is very different when it comes to uh, trading players, you know? It's not like basketball where, or, or even football, where there is these rivalries that, that run deep in, yes, like, it does suck to see your your favorite players on a, on a rival team, but at the same time, it's more so about like who's the team ready to win now. Right. The NFL and the NBA can win on any given night yeah. and can make a push for the playoffs late. With baseball, it's not really like that. It's a long season, and it's all about your star caliber pack team for that given season when you think you have the chance to make that run. Yeah, I mean, baseball is such a long season, like you said, that you know it it will always. This is kind of getting into the stats of it. You know, you'll always see, really, the best teams win out and make the playoffs. So you have to determine, are we trying to win now? Are we looking five years down the road, and are we rebuilding? But the the other issue with the Mets is they would be trading a star to get a star. And that's where it gets confusing. Is it like, does this new GM, Brody, who I'm a big fan of, does he want the Mets to win now or not? It seems like he does based on his past moves and interest in Real Muto here. But at the same time, moving one of their top starters, who is injury-prone, and that's another risk that you have to think even as a Yankee fan. Uh, but it would just be a questionable move altogether from the Mets' perspective. I think the Marlins would be winning it, though, and so would the Yankees. Yeah. If the Mets did it correctly, I think it could be a three-way win trade. Yep. Uh, I, and at this point, too, again, bring up the smoke and mirrors. I think yeah. that this was getting a lot of heat, and this was something that a lot of people were talking about, and maybe it's just to kind of die down that talk before it actually happens and, and maybe rearrange the trade a little bit uh, before uh, an agreement is made. Yeah, another possibility there for sure. All right, um, so I can't win, but let's try your final tough quote here. All right, real, real nice topic to finish up on. So just fill in the blank here and tell me who said it. Blank made the 03 draft what it is. And it's not as easy as you think. Uh, no, I think I think I know it. Okay. I think it's Luke Walton. Yeah, so yes. Luke Walton. And who said that? Luke Walton? No. No, because he said it. He also said that. He said something similar. All right, it's LeBron then? No, it's Dwayne Wade. Wow, wait, D-Wade got after, it. After the pregame press conference, Dwayne Wade like ran by the room and basically nice. sh- like shouted, Luke Walton made the 03 draft what it is, <laughs> which so is awesome. Funny. Really just want to touch real quick about this. Not too much going on in the NBA right now. we got some Jimmy Butler, Blake Griffin beef, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, very excited for that. But 
really not too much going on. It's it's heading towards that winter, like Christmas game, all-star break coming up in the winter. So, like, nothing that important going on. But this was awesome. It was the last regular season matchup between LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, the best buds, the banana boat duo. And it all came to an end last night. LeBron won. Still a very close game. Dwayne Wade almost hit the three-point to win the game. But this was the 3 draft. It was LeBron, Dwayne Wade. We also had Melo in there. Luke Walton, who we're talking about, who is coaching LeBron right now. Yep. Uh, but really, it, I just wanted to, I, and I tweeted this out in poll, best friendship in Ooh. sports. Yeah. Uh, read off the options again. Yeah, real quick. Hang on. Let me get no rush, to no it. Rush. So, we had LeBron and Dwayne Wade, who we talked about, with a 45% in the poll. So, they won out. We had 11 votes this time. And also, that was just this morning. So, we're, yeah. we're really racking in these polls. I really appreciate it to everyone mm-hmm. playing along. Brady and Gronk, 9%. Now, I don't know if that's partly... Yeah, I don't know if that's partly skewed, too, because uh, some most of our senior quotes account is people from back home, too. So, like, Brady oh, sure. Gronk is not necessarily as much love here in Boston. So I think if it was our, you know, major Boston friends, yeah, that would be a lot closer. But Brady Gronk, 9%. Good point. Good point. Mike Tyson and Holyfield, we got 18%. Pretty solid friendship there. And then we have Beltre and Andrus. So, and I believe you voted for that one. I did vote for that one. I'm a big 28%. Beltre guy. Wow, okay, cool. It's not just me. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would argue for Beltre and um, Andrews. They just... Always mess around with each other and make it look fun, and it's sad that Beltre's retiring this year. We won't get to see that anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of friendship in the league, and I know D. Wade said that the friendship of the Heat really changed the league. I agree. I completely agree with that. Yeah, the dynamic went from really just caring about yourself, and, I mean, team success is definitely important, but guys like Carl Malone, who were known to be pretty selfish. And it was definitely different than, like, the Jordan-Pippen relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like, that really wasn't... Was say. Like a friendship, like that was like just being a teammate. Exactly, and I don't even think that Brady Gronk is a friendship. I see it more (laughs) as like, like a like a dad kind of with his like like his like dumb son that he just like feels bad for (laughs) and like, or or no, more like the older brother who feels bad for like his his younger brother and he like brings him along and he's like, come on, Gronk, like let's win a Super Bowl and Gronk's just like, okay, (laughs) but um. But yeah, I just think it's really cool. Friendships in sports. I actually, hot take, I think it's turning back around in the NBA to more like 90s beef where I believe we got main guys like Joel Embiid and now with Jimmy Butler on that team, we got major beef. We have beef among team members, Kevin Durant, Draymond. And I really, I don't know, I think it's I think it's coming back. I also think that in the upcoming years, Nets-Knicks is going to be a, re- a renewed rivalry. It's very young teams with a lot of potential. I think they're going to be coming up around the same time. I think along with the Bulls, too, in the East, then you have, like, star power. Or, no, then you have Giannis on the Bucks, who didn't want to go to workouts and be buddy-buddy. So I think we're returning to that 90s mentality. But for the time being, it was, it was nice. It was, I, think, I think this is perfect how it ends with LeBron and Dwayne Wade because I think we're heading back to that non-friendship league. Which yeah. is kind of cool to, to watch, to be a part of. Yeah, no, I actually really agree with that. Um, it's cool to see uh, more of a level of competitiveness and, you know, a personal kind of heat, you know. just There's there's obviously rivalries developing between teams, like you said, with Jimmy Butler and Blake Griffin. Um, that's just the one that happened today and yesterday. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more to it. 
yeah, that just makes it more exciting to watch, I think. So while it's cool that athletes respect each other and show up as friends and, you know, that's all great. And obviously LeBron and D-Wade are former teammates. But apparently they, you know, would go out to dinner when they when uh, LeBron would come to Miami or Dwayne would go to Cleveland before they even teamed up. Like, so this is a friendship that yep. was not started by their uh, teammates or by being teammates, excuse me. But instead, they just ob- always were friends and from the get-go. And then they were teammates. And then they were teammates. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think I think that <laughs> that O three class is very close. We also had Melo too. Like he, like guys in the same draft class tend to be friends with each other. You see it in the NFL too a lot. They, you go through a lot in all the leading up to the the draft and everything. Um, but real quick, also from this, we had the quote from LeBron about it would either end in Staples or the Garden. LeBron came out today and said that he just meant it would end in a big venue. And as the Knicks fan of this broadcast and, and the show, uh, hot take, I don't want, I didn't, I wouldn't have liked LeBron. That is a, it's a very hot take, but please defend yourself. So, I, I do want to hear it. Lakers have a young team like the Knicks in a sense. I Granted, the Lakers have a, I don't know, a, a more talented ready team with guys like Lonzo and Kuzma but at the same time it's a similar situation young team where LeBron would be that centerpiece now LeBron when he came into the Lakers had to bring all these veteran guys with him and a lot of Lakers talent had to leave so we would have seen a lot of Knicks talent leave and I don't like that I think the Knicks have this a great young core that even everyone talks about Frank Nielakina having to go and he's not really doing much I don't know I say keep it for the time being and let this all work out. I really don't think that having LeBron come would have been the best situation. Now, we can bring in a guy like Kevin Durant in free agency, maybe. But LeBron, who's also, this is probably going to be his last major team that he's with, the Lakers. I don't know if that's necessarily the move. It, It could be like maybe one title come out of it for LeBron in the next four years. And even then, I don't know. So that's why with the Knicks, I think we're heading in a more positive direction with the future of the league in mind. So, yeah, actually, I'm not... After explaining that, I really don't disagree with you. Um, But, surprisingly, because I was a big seller of LeBron's Lakers, um, and I'm sitting down for the first time in a while watching ESPN. uh, What's their new get up get up well but that's not actually it what's their the jump is their basketball show okay. with rachel nichols yeah uh get up's a cool show though get like up's awesome no uh, that's really good the jump and uh, like most shows <laughs> the jump is very uh la focused yeah um especially because of the whole well, lebron ESPN in general where you're always going to get lebron you're always going to oh. get lakers and you combine the two and it's we, all you see we've ranted about this a lot recently and the uh <laughs> it is frustrating but uh, not to get too off topic, they were talking about how the Lakers have actually become Western Conference Finals contenders. Not saying that they're going to go to the um, championship, to the finals, and take over the Warriors, but that they could be that second-best team, especially with the Rockets struggling and other teams also struggling. And I couldn't find a way to disagree, really, because they have figured it yeah, out. I, I personally think that this further fuels the hot take I made Right. That the East is now the tougher competition. I don't disagree with that. And either. and I think it actually happened within the weeks that I said that, that it's actually coming true. The Bucks are awesome. The Raptors are awesome. But the Nets beat the Raptors. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And if they had Levert, they would still be a contender. Not that I'm saying that that makes the East better. No, but the Nets are, have looked very good. Yeah, Pistons, Sixers. Knicks, uh, Knicks have their wins here and there. They aren't playing with Porzingis either. True. So it's a lot of talent. And the Sixers with Butler... 
Blake Griffin on the Pistons with uh, Andre Drummond. Like, there's so much talent on this Eastern Conference now, and even the Celtics are disappointing, but they're still a fantastic team. So I think it's official. The Eastern Conference is the better conference. Yeah. Uh, we got to let the entire season unfold, mm. but uh, that's a hot take that we'll definitely monitor and could easily come true. Uh, but it's strange because, like, a lot of uh, free agent decisions have been determined by the Western Conference being a tougher side of the league, and that's where people want to go to prove themselves. Now maybe players are coming out of the Western Conference to the East and proving themselves there and making it awesome. I mean, yeah. making it very cool. Uh, what well, I had one more one more topic to mention because we are kind of running out of airtime. Yep. Luka Doncic has made the Dallas Mavericks a contender, true or false? Yes, and Luka Doncic is my rookie of the year and so far. By far. He could almost make an MVP. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, honestly, like, he yes. He's a little bit better numbers, but oh my goodness, he's been awesome. He looks like a guy you'd see in the Plex playing pickup. Like, he yeah. doesn't look at the No, it's very true. But he just goes out there, hits these step-back threes. He's alley-ooping DeAndre Jordan, uh, who's an awesome pickup, by the way, mm-hmm. and Mark Cuban finally got him. Uh, and that's a cool team to watch and honestly might be my favorite team in the West. That's that's kind of fair. Yeah. I think they are, too. I, I really love I'm not, them. I'm not saying they're the best, obviously, but... Yeah, I mean, they, honest, like, everything else in the West has been kind of dull this year, and, and it's more of the same. Like, yes, you still have Steph Curry going and Kevin Durant going off, but, like, besides that, like, I don't know. It's kind of dull over there. Yeah, and, I mean, Luke is making it look yeah. promising. Uh, I mean, let's watch the Suns as well. They haven't put it together this year, but DeAndre Aiden's putting up a great year, too. However, just keep watching the Mavericks. They're so fun to watch. And I I love Luka Doncic. He's awesome. And I, I can't believe he really went fifth, kind of. Yeah. Like he was picked third with the whole trade with Trey Young. I, I still think Trey Young is pretty talent, or yeah. talented, too. And, and yeah, he's, he hasn't put up the numbers that he started the year with. But at the same time, he's he has no one around him yet. So I think the Hawks, if they can land another one of the Duke big three, that'd be huge in the upcoming years. But... Right now, Luka Doncic, very cool. And if he can make a playoff push to get Dirk to the playoffs, too, one more time, that'd be awesome. Well, we'll have to see. Oh, yeah, because Dirk is still there. Yeah. This is a cool team to watch, yeah, guys. it's awesome. We, Senior Coach is sponsoring uh, the Dallas Mavericks as our team in the West. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to a little bit uh, of an extended show. We had to start a little late, so we went a little late. Had a lot of fun returning, and hopefully this um, episode saved. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. We'll... Uh, see what happens so thanks guys so much for tuning in we will be away for a few weeks we'll try to record at home but yeah i'm, I'm going home in three days and i'm seeing the nets play the lakers i think at the barclay center in a week uh but yeah everybody who's listening from bc or from college have an awesome winter break everyone else thank you so much for listening and supporting the show and we will continue to make content throughout winter break so yep. thanks so much Merry christmas guys merry christmas too yeah happy All right. new year